I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there, and this is the Explaining History podcast. Um, You can find us at www.explaininghistory.com and don't forget to sign up there for our newsletter as well. Okay, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about the defeat of Germany in 1918, um, kind of why it happens, and also some of the implications of that. Um, I'm going to read you a quote by Adolf Hitler, none other, who obviously fought as a corporal during World War One. I've got two quotes, actually. First is from Mein Kampf. And it is um, the moment at which Hitler received a letter saying that he had been uh, accepted into the German army. He wrote, I opened the document with trembling hands. No words of mine can describe the satisfaction I felt. Within a few days, I was wearing the uniform which I would not put off again for nearly six years. He later writes... On the 13th of October, 1918, I was caught in a heavy British gas attack at Ypres. I stumbled back with burning eyes, taking uh, with me the, um, uh, my last report of war. A few hours later, my eyes had turned to glowing coals and it had grown dark around me. As he was recovering in hospital he, um, from the chlorine gas attack, um, Hitler discovered that the German government had surrendered and signed an armistice. He writes, Everything went black before my eyes. I tottered and groped my way back to the ward, threw myself on the bunk and dug my burning head into my blanket and pillow. So it had all been in vain. In vain all the sacrifices and privations. In vain the hours in which, with mortal fear, clutching at our hearts, we nevertheless did our duty. In vain the death of two million who died. Had they died for this, did all, that ha- uh, did all this happen so that a gang of wretched criminals could lay hands on the fatherland? I knew that all was lost. Only fools, liars and criminals could hope for mercy from the enemy. In these nights, hatred grew in me. Hatred of those responsible for this deed. Miserable and degenerate criminals. The more I tried to achieve clarity of the monstrous events in this hour, the more shame and indignation and disgrace burned into my brow. Obviously, using Mein Kampf is something of an extreme example. Um, the writings and ravings of Hitler we shall look at probably in a different podcast. Uh, but it does serve to make a kind of general point in that from the outset of war, 
um, there was, not just among Germans, but among Europeans in general, a, an excitement, an enthusiasm, and a desire for war, a war that would settle the rising European tensions that had been building up. Um, and amongst many Germans in 1918, there was uh, a surprise and shock at defeat, because based against the facts on the ground, defeat and armistice uh, doesn't make very much sense. To many Germans, the sense that Germany was winning the war was apparent. Now, we're going to look now at where these notions come from. Um, in about 1916, um, Kaiser Wilhelm II appears to have, some, have had something of a nervous breakdown. By that time, um, the two figures who are running the war, Paul von Hindenburg and um, Erich von Ludendorff, are running Germany in a kind of quasi-military dictatorship kind of way. That sounds very vague. To call it an actual military dictatorship isn't quite right, but it's, it's not far off. The army has, in effect, taken control of the government. Ludendorff um, is at the Western Front, and he, in November 1917, really admits to himself and to others that... Um, the war on the Western Front um, cannot be won um, by force of numbers alone. Um, a war of attrition against the Allies isn't going to work. Um, the, uh, nonetheless, he goes and draws up a, a final offensive in the West, uh, because in October 1917, the Russian Revolution has occurred, and Ludendorff and Hindenburg are both optimistic that Russia can be forced somehow to leave the war as a result of the revolution. Part of this um, faith comes from the fact that um, they are conspiring to have uh, the Bolsheviks exiled in Switzerland, sent back to Russia, in the hope that on some level it will dis destabilise and disrupt the government. An outbreak of um, communist, uh, a, a full communist state isn't quite what they anticipate happening and something that they uh, view as being most unwelcome. However, um, very often these, these kind of plans and meddlings backfire in the most unexpected ways. But by March 1918, um, the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk is uh, close to being signed. Leon Trotsky, the um, uh, Soviet Commissar for Foreign Affairs, um, has been instructed by Lenin to stall in negotiations with the Germans for as long as possible. The Germans, in their peace um, demands, have asked for wide swathes of Western Russia, including the Ukraine, Belarusia, Finland and the Baltic states, enormous areas, rich in resources, that um, Russia can't do without, and Germany would find invaluable in winning the war. Trotsky offers neither peace nor war, um, a strange and confusing um, offer that uh, baffles the Germans at first. And then they simply see that the Bolsheviks are playing for time and hoping that eventually a revolution will break out in Germany. The, um, if a revolution breaks out in Germany, that will enable uh, the Bolsheviks finally to carry out the modernization of Russia that they hoped for. Um, the idea being that a kind of a communist 
Germany, a sophisticated modern communist Germany, would simply help Soviet Russia to modernise. Um, when it looks like this isn't going to happen, uh, and the Germans threaten to advance further into Russia, Lenin agrees to a peace treaty at pretty much any price. Um, the implications for Russia, I think, are a subject for another time. But the implications for Germany are huge. Germany now has the vast cornfields of the Ukraine to feed her soldiers, um, and she can take the bulk of her armies and send them to the West. Um, the, the, the Spring Offensive in March 1918 eventually, um, initially forces the Allies back um, in the biggest push um, since 1914. The British and the French armies are reeling. Um, but Germany knows that really um, this is an unsustainable offensive. Her fighting men over the last four years have become absolutely exhausted by war. Germany's economy has been absolutely exhausted by war, and so has her infrastructure. There is life in the German army for one last major offensive, and it has to be successful. Um, the only problem is, is that it isn't successful. The, the Germans know that um, a huge troop build-up in Western Europe is occurring with the arrival of the Americans into the war, uh, provoked by um, the reintroduction of um, uh, Germany's unrestricted U-boat warfare. Um, and so the, 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 gam the, the gamble to win the war finally um, in one last offensive um, is predicated on this idea of doing it quickly. When the, spring, the Ludendorff Spring Offensive runs out of steam... Um, and there is a counteroffensive from the, the British, the French and the Americans, backed by hundreds of new British tanks um, and using uh, new systems of, uh, trench, uh, of gaining uh, enemy trenches and territory. Um, the, the Germans are seriously put on the back foot. What's happened with the British is that Finally, after four years of um, appalling catastrophes and losses and mistakes uh, and errors, the British finally start actually systematising their way of fighting, that, uh, creating a, um, a, a system of territory uh, acquisition um, and domination that manages to actually um, defeat uh, German armies. Ludendorff, knowing that the last gamble has failed and knowing also that um, there is nothing now to back up Germany following this, following this failure, um, begins to make tentative noises about an armistice. Some historians look at Ludendorff uh, in the, the previous year, in October 1917, and say everything that he did from October 1917 to about May 1918 prevented those armistice talks from taking place. When his offensive finally fails, Ludendorff and to some extent... 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And Hindenburg as well begin to put out potential feelers for Armistice. Um, and it is only in about October time, uh, in 1918, that there is um, any realistic prospect of that happening. Much of this news had been kept from the German population at home. Much of the news of the, also uh, simultaneously, of the poor conditions of Germany at home had been kept from the soldiers at the front. So these two groups using, um, had been isolated quite effectively from one another. As far as the Germans at home were concerned, the, the German army was you know, 40 kilometres from Paris, which at their most successful point in the uh, spring offensive, that's where they had been. Um, the German army is also unaware that there are huge food shortages at home and that the country has reached an almost revolutionary situation and the, the, it is the revolution and the threat of revolution that really sparks the end for the Kaiser. The Kaiser's cousin, uh, Nicholas II, had been executed in 1918. He and his family are shot dead at the Bolsheviks' um, uh, prison for them, the Apatiev House in Ekaterinburg, uh, during the summer, uh, as it was surrounded by the counter-revolutionary armies looking to potentially free the Tsar. This must have focused the Kaiser's thoughts. And when, in um, October 1918, at the end of October 1918, a mutiny breaks out in Kiel, um, the Kaiser's most um, treasured naval institution, um, amongst the German Kriegsmarine, then um, the Kaiser suddenly uh, becomes deeply concerned as to his own well-being. This mutiny is um, 
accompanied by strikes um, across the nation. Uh, and ultimately what's happened in Kiel is that the, the sailors who, after the um, Pyrrhic victory uh, on both sides of the Battle of Jutland, have been consigned to their port for um, four years, th- two years, beg your pardon, have essentially been ordered to sail out against the Royal Navy on a last-ditch suicide mission. The Royal Navy now have massive superiority and dominance of, of the Baltic. And the reason why Germany is starving is because the Royal Navy have blockaded the country. Uh, the historian Roger Morehouse argues that something close to about a million extra Germans in 1918 died of starvation and starvation-related diseases as a result of the Royal Naval blockade. Uh, and if that's the, the case, and I'm sure it probably is, um, that is an area of historical writing that really, really hasn't been fully explored, um, and something, you know, quite a monumental set of statistics. Um, the blockade um, was not going to be broken by the German Navy, and so it was a suicide mission. And obviously, the sailors of the German Navy thankfully declined. So, mutiny was the only option for them. Um, and, but it gives us an indication as to the um, conditions in Germany in 1918 that this mutiny is also accompanied by a wave of other revolutionary actions. Um, in 1914, the um, Kaiser had addressed the Reichstag and said, essentially, that, he, that there were no political parties. As far as he was concerned, there were merely Germans, and that he was the Kaiser of all the Germans, and that one, there was one nation undivided. By about 1916, this concept has fallen apart. In 1914, it's true to say that many of the members of the Social Democratic Party, uh, and even some of the more radical figures in the communist and anarchist circles, have very much abandoned their um, uh, their politics. They've abandoned their agitation against Germany's capitalist classes, and embraced support for the war. The by nineteen sixteen, uh, this um, social truce called the Bergfried or peace within the fortress is off, um, and cla- open class war uh, is uh, ab- abundant in Germany's factories and on her streets and in her political parties. So um, that Germany is in a, a revolutionary situation by 1918. Now, to men such as Adolf Hitler, um, and let us be clear on this point, in, in that there were plenty like him, he was not uh, an isolated instance of a kind of a lone conspiracy theorist. Had Hitler died in a gas attack, there would no doubt have been plenty of people saying similar things to him at the same time. But to, to men such as Adolf Hitler, um, there were some uh, explanations um, due to him uh, as to what exactly had gone on back at home. He... Um, was, had a, a simple, perhaps even naive, uh, romantic, romanticised view of the nature of German society during the war. He 
and his comrades are out fighting it, and really the nation should be supporting them. The fact that there appears to be this political agitation back home, he instinctively uh, blames on the Jews and on um, communist troublemakers. And when he returns to Bavaria in 1919, uh, he makes the simple connection, not that there is a connection to make, but in his mind, he makes a connection between the new um, communist, the new socialist Rat um, Republic that is um, declared in Munich, and um, the the Jews um, um, are of the city, um, and in the in the minds of many um, southern Bavarian farmers, and Bavaria really is the kind of the Germany's deep south. It is the the homeland of Nazism. There seems to, uh, again seems to be just a simple, straightforward connection, uh, communism. And for that matter, global capitalism, these are Jewish ideas, surely. Um, the fact that um, these two ideas are contradictory to one another and the fact that there are many non-Jews involved in the communist movement as well as many Jews um, is, is of no consequence to you know, sim- a simple farming folk whose sons have gone off to fight the war. This seems to explain it all. This is why, I suppose, in the 20th century, uh, ideology has been such a seductive concept because it simplifies, it explains in clear, nutshell terms, um, complex and and intangible ideas. Anyway, let's bring it back to those comments in Mein Kampf. Uh, where Hitler um, speaks of the armistice and speaks of his anger and a sense of despair about what this had all been for. Well, the thing about World War I, um, I guess that we can, we can take away, is that in, in, in every country, perhaps with the exception of the United States, that fought in the war, there seems to be this general sense of um, uh, incomprehension, disbelief, despair, even amongst the victors. Um, and at the end of the war, this, um, the, the uh, men who made up the future Nazi party were all questioning um, how this catastrophe could have come about when Germany was so assured of victory. And that perhaps tells us more, in many ways, about Germany's sense of itself as a military power and its sense of its own militaristic traditions. Anyway, so I'll leave it there for today. um, And I will um, continue with this uh, discussion and look at Germany from 1918 to 23, probably sometime next week. Um, as I've said, we have a great newsletter uh, going out on the website. Um, it's full of book reviews, uh, useful links to new, uh, new sites and great stuff that I get sent all the time. And I tend to pack into it all, all manner of free stuff, help, exam guides, and um, really uh, I'm kind of open to suggestions. I'm going to be adding some links to some videos in there. So 
do do sign up because the more people that sign up, the more likely I am to actually put things out there on a regular basis. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this and uh, tune in. And we're going to explore the the workers and the bourgeoisie in pre-revolutionary Russia. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.